Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Fat Flips and Maple Dips. It's your friend Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon. Joining me today is Patrick out in Halifax. We are here to bring you a riveting episode full of tons of breaking news. Just kidding. And a lot of uh, pitching grades today. Uh, before we get into it, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Follow us there. Send us your questions. Make fun of us. Do whatever you have to do. Let us know how we're doing. You can also listen to us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Breaker, and every other podcast host out there. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave us a review if you do enjoy us, or even if you don't, it still helps us get seen. Uh, Patrick, what, what's new with you, man? I feel like we haven't talked in like a week and a half. I know, yeah. Uh, well, I finally got my Nintendo Switch. Um, As did I. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I got the Animal Crossing special As did edition, I. <laughs> which which I did not realize does it didn't come with Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I I just went out, I just bought the digital version of the game uh, right. on the on the store or whatever, and I'm liking it so far. I'm in, I, I like playing the old <clears throat> the old uh, NES and SNES games they have in that little library. Yeah. Um. I would. I wish they had more games on it though. Like it's very limited, and it's a bunch of games that are like, whatever. Yeah, they, kind they of got like they, B list yeah, like titles. They, they got the classics, like the must-haves. Yeah. Um. So like the Kirby's, Mario's, the uh, Metroids, and the Zeldas. But I mean, they're they're, and they've got like F Zero. But like, there's a. I feel like they just went for like the low-hanging fruit though with everything else because there's like. The the SNES library is just like it's brutal. It is, if, yeah. <laughs> but if great. you if you aren't playing Super Mario World on the SNES, what are you even doing with yourself? Like that is the I, one of the it's one of the goat games for me. Oh, it totally <laughs> it totally is. My my goat game for SNES is Kirby Superstar. That's um, very fair. Oh yeah, but I mean, there's so many games like there are a bunch of top 100 all time games on the SNES. Man, that's and, that's what started the legacy of Mario Kart. Yeah, I'm kind of so. surprised though. There's no Castlevania games, yeah, on, on either of them, which I thought was weird because uh, Castlevania was all over the place when the NES Classic and the uh, the SNES Classic, those little mini consoles, they came mm-hmm, out. They were mm-hmm. they were everywhere. So I mean, like, come on, give me some Castlevania, there, dudes. And I think we just covered the most exciting part of our episode today, just talking about our, our, new, our new switches. Because I mean, if you look at the news, there hasn't been anything going on. Uh, as it has <laughs> been for the past month, it's just been the Blue Jays are talking to George Springer. The Blue Jays are interested in Colton Wong. The Blue Jays are interested in trading for Chris Bryant. There's a lot of interest going on for, for every team in baseball right now, but there's uh, not a lot of doing. None of the big free agent pieces or uh, big trade players have have been moved yet or signed. It's just nothing has happened. The winter meetings are coming up. Uh, it'll be the winter uh, Zoomings this year because there'll be no in-person meetings for the MLB uh, general managers and owners and whatever else. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that impacts the, the usual flurry of, of free agent signings and, and trades that happen around this time. Uh, and the Rule Five Draft is going to be a little bit different this year too, because there's a lot of a lot of decent players who are going to be left unprotected. Um, let's just yeah, let's just get to this news. So, just like recently, within like the last twenty minutes before we we started recording this morning, 
Uh, it came out on Twitter that the Phillies are looking to trade Zach Wheeler to alleviate some financial pressure. Now, they did sign Wheeler to to a pretty large contract. He's signed through the 2024 season, so still four more years, and his lowest salary is coming up at uh, $22.5 million. So he he's getting paid uh, at least $22.5 million over the next four years uh, per year, and the Phillies don't seem to want to left, be left on the hook for that. Now, taking a look at uh, at Wheeler's stats quickly here before I let you weigh in, Patrick, uh, he pitched in 11 games for the Phillies here in this short 2020 season and was able to uh, throw 71 innings and, uh, and and count out to a 2.0 wins above replacement. So he averaged about seven innings per start, uh, or pretty close to it, just under. So it's more than you could say for a lot of our starting pitching this year. Uh, right away, the Twins have been linked, linked to him, just because the Twins need pitching about as much as anybody. Um, but do you think the Jays should take a run at them? And what would you be willing to give up for, for four years of, of, of Zach Wheeler? Mm, that's a good question. Who will yes, be 34, pur- by the way, at the end of his contract. Yeah, yes, I would pursue him. Um, I, I would say the only untouchables that I can think of is I think we should remain conservative with uh, dealing out our starter prospects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all the, the Phillies don't really need them anyway what they really need is they need some middle infield and they need they need a catcher yeah uh, because I don't know if Real Mudo is gonna stick around there in the long term I, That's he's fair. due to get paid he's he's due to get paid a lot and if they're trying to deal uh Wheeler to alleviate financial pressure it just doesn't make sense that they would <laughs> invest that money in another player so I would yeah. say like a deal around middle infield as well as a catcher makes sense for uh, for the Phillies. It's just I feel like there has to be a bit more from the Jays, and I'm not sure what it is. Maybe we do a 5D chess move, and uh, this is Randall Grichik's uh, ticket out of Toronto. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean um... – our friend of the show, uh, Chris Henderson, uh, Hendo just tweeted out that he thinks that the Jays should start with an offer of, of Gabriel Mourinho, one of our top uh, catching prospects, because as he puts it, the Phillies might need a replacement for Real Muto in a couple of years, and, and Mourinho yeah. is 20, and coming off uh, a couple of great seasons in the, in the minor leagues over 18 and 19, so um, it could be a, could be a place for the, for the trade to start, but yeah, I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to see the Jays like, like, take a run at him, but obviously not sell the farm for for this guy, even though he is a, a pretty good pitcher who would go a long way in, in giving us that number two starter that we're going to need this season behind uh, Hanjin Ryu. Um, next up on the list for us, another friend of the show, Dan Schulman, was named the winner of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum's Jack Greeny Award. Um, he obviously, uh, the, Dan is a great guy, and uh, this award is presented annually to a member of the media who has made significant contributions to baseball in Canada through their life's work. So it's awesome to see uh, Dan get some more recognition that he rightfully deserves, along with, of course, being on the Baseball Hall of Fame's uh, uh, broadcaster ballot this year. So, I mean, Dan's um, one of the one of the best. I mean, he's calling college basketball games now. He, he doesn't take winters off. He is busy year-round, and yeah, I think there's no one more deserving and nobody who's made a bigger impact uh, on a lot of uh, media broadcasters in, in baseball in Canada. Word. I don't think there's much else to be said. <laughs> no. 
Happy yeah. for Dan. Congrats. Congrats, Dan. I'm proud of you. Um, John Morosi with the latest on the Blue Jays' free agent pursuits, including how George Springer has uh, given serious thought to playing in Toronto. Uh, John Morosi's quoted as saying, I was told last night by a source who knows George Springer pretty well that he's given a lot of serious thought to playing in Toronto. Um, hollow words, John Morosi, because nothing has happened yet. So tell me when something happens. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> roster updates. <laughs> Before we move on from that, I just want to say that like John Rossi's great. <laughs> yes. I was going to talk about George Springer though, before we get into it, that what interests me a lot about George Springer is that he is, well, obviously he's a, an excellent fielder, uh, but he's got power. He sure does. Um, I don't know what he's going to look like. Uh, when he doesn't have a garbage can smashing in the background to tell him what pitch is coming. Uh, I'm very curious. But of all the cheaters uh, on the Astros, he seemed to be the one that uh, endured uh, 2020 the best as his slash was 265, 359, 540. And, yeah. and he had a .899 OPS. So, like, he's still – he's still – like, and he was 13th place in MVP voting. So, like, he's still – an extremely valuable player. He would right. immediately become our best outfielder by any metric I can think of, uh, except for maybe contact hitting because Guriel is a better contact hitter. But he's 31. Right. It, it fits in the window. It's just how much do we have to pay this guy? And can we, you know, if we're going to yeah. pursue Zach Wheeler, can we afford it? Yeah. And the other thing too is, um, if we think Teoscar Hernandez was is going to be able to continue what he did this year, I don't even know if George Springer would be our best outfielder because I mean Teoscar Hernandez had a better season than than George Springer did by by every offensive yeah. category number, um, yeah. except for his walks. But we won't blame Teoscar for that. He's just never going to be a guy who takes walks. Uh, but it would definitely guy. be a guy who who could uh, slot into center field instead of Randall Grichuk. So. Um, that would be something that I would look at. He did play 42 games in center field this year. It was his primary position for the Astros. So it would be something to to consider. Um, yeah, but yeah, it would, likely, it would likely signal that we would probably try to dump Randall Grichuk into a trade somewhere, whether it be for a guy like Zach Wheeler or, or for somebody else. So uh, there would definitely be some creative roster movings going on, unless they think they can slot Teoscar into a DH role every day. But uh we don't want to speculate too much on that, but um, yeah, George Springer would be a great get. He's one of the top free agents on the market this year, and I think we'd be we'd be stupid not to take a serious run at him. Um, talking about guys who won't be back in Blue Jay uniforms, well, likely not unless they decide to re-sign them, are Travis Shaw and AJ Cole. They were both non-tendered by the uh, Blue Jays uh, this past week on the second, uh, making our 40-man roster now sitting at 38 members. So there is room for the Blue Jays to either sign two new players or to obviously call uh, or, or purchase the contracts of two minor leaguers to put them on the 40-man. So that's interesting. Are you surprised by either of these moves, Patrick? I know we spent a lot of time talking about Travis Shaw uh, earlier this offseason. Um, I'm, I'm a little tiny bit surprised that A.J. Cole wasn't given a second chance next mm -hmm. season uh he wasn't bad so i don't know like it i don't know it's fringe i don't think he makes or breaks a team anyway but and neither does travis shaw 
Uh, he didn't have a great season. No. Um, and uh, this was probably coming. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if anything, it makes sense because, like, obviously there are some roster moves coming. Whether it's yeah. December or January, uh, we're going to see the Jays make some significant moves. It's coming. Uh, and if it doesn't, we're looking at a 65-win season. So, like, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the pressure's on. Um, yeah. And these two guys, they don't cut the mustard as far as making this team better. Uh, although, again, A.J. Cole, for the money, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite get it, but I do get it, if that makes sense. There's got to be – Yeah. Uh, it must be roster-related. It has to be roster-related. <sighs> I mean, we've talked about this fate. a lot, right? Like Shapiro and Atkins have done a great job of, of finding AJ Coles every year. Like these relievers that get passed over and, and turn them into something yeah. else. We did it with David Phelps. We turned him into Thomas Hatch uh, through via trade. We've done it with other guys too. Um, obviously AJ Cole, uh, Anthony Bass. Like those are a couple of guys that pitched for us this year that, that nobody else really wanted. And we gave them a chance and they pitched well enough. Um, I think the big thing with AJ Cole is that He's he's just he's another run of the mill reliever. There are a ton of guys who can do what AJ Cole does out there, um, whether internally or through free agency. The Blue Jays are going to fill the bullpen up. Uh, it remains to be seen if they bring in any any of the big names like Liam Hendricks that are out there, or Brad Hand. Um, but yeah, those, yes. those are definitely. I know you're fans of both of those guys. <laughs> yes, but but I there don't are. See why we don't throw the money at these guys? Just get yeah. them. Take there are really the pitchers out there. I think I think the bullpen guys are going to be kind of some of the last dominoes to fall. I think we'll see the and they're probably waiting too. They probably want to go to a team that makes a lot of moves this offseason, right? Like if if they're looking to go to a team that's going to a pay them money and b have a chance at, at winning, which is probably the top two priorities for most uh, most big league players. They're probably going to wait to see where a lot of these other dominoes fall. So. I think we'll see a lot of moves once once the first pieces like Trevor Bauer and, and George Springer go off the market. Um, another tweet from our friend John Barossi. The Blue Jays are among teams with interest in outfield DH Marcel Ozuna. Obviously, he is uh, behind George Springer on their free agent preferences list, or the free agent preference list. Uh, Marcel Ozuna had a great year for Atlanta. Like he was, he was lights out for them and played really well in the playoffs for them too. Um, he was literally the, he was their full-time DH because obviously the national league was uh, kind of incorporated into the American league DH this year. That is one of the uh, considerations up for debate with the MLB this winter is making the DH permanent. And it sounds like most of the national league owners are in favor of this, which to me happen. is, it's unsurprising, right? Because if yeah. you're paying Zach Wheeler, for example, $24 million a season, you don't want, you do not want Zach Wheeler hurting his hamstring running to first base. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to see, yeah. right? You're and not we, paying Zachary to, to hit. You're, you're paying we, him to throw the ball. <laughs> we've seen it happen many times. Yeah. We've oh, seen yeah, it happen where, where pitchers are getting hurt either running the bases or <laughs> uh, they get beamed or whatever. Yeah. So, like, it's not worth it. You have to protect your investment. So, from an owner's perspective, I get it. I don't know if the players are necessarily against the DH anyway. I remember Madison like, Bumgarner might be. <laughs> yeah, that well, yeah, but hit. I mean, the thing is, if you have a struggling hitter in your lineup, you can still have your pitcher. You can still have your pitcher hit. There's you no can, rule that says the, the DH. Yeah, yeah the DH. Um, well, you have to use the DH. The thing is, it doesn't have to go in the pitcher slot. Yeah, so that's correct. So if you want to go galaxy brain on this thing, um, you DH know, if you're in a catcher, position, 
if you're if yeah. you have Reese McGuire as your catcher, you can DH or Danny Hansen <laughs> who ha- who can hit 200. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a completely separate Different story. <laughs> I just remember remember for so long people were like, oh well, fuck the DH, it's not worth it. Uh, it's lame. NL is best league, uh, and now it's just like we saw what a year with the DH and the NL looks like, and people are already like, oh, we don't want to go back. Like, let's just yeah. keep it. The DH yeah. is here to stay forever. I I'm think like, so too. It's about time. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the news. One last couple items before we hop into our main segment today. Uh, the Cubs are shopping Chris Bryant. He plays third base primarily. Bialis can play the corner outfields. He has one year left on his contract. Um, Chris Bryant is a very good baseball player. And <laughs> according to an MLB.com article that came out again this morning, the the uh, dream scenario for us, really, the Blue Jays would trade left field all-star Derek Fisher, catching all-star <laughs> Reese McGuire, um, stud prospects Kevin Smith and Josh Winkowski to the Cubs for Chris Bryant. Man, I don't know if we can afford to trade that many all-stars, but for one year at Chris Bryant, I think I would do it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing There's nothing there in that list. I that hope I everybody knows about. I was being sarcastic, but yeah, I just want to point that out, that they are not all-stars. <laughs> the th- it, this is the, it's a similar situation, though, with uh, Francisco Lindor. Would I yeah. love to have them on the team? Yeah, absolutely, but I don't want one year of them. I want many years of them. So if Would I love to this... trade like this? If I, if I could get one year Chris Bryant and, and not re-sign him for this price, I would still pay it. In this instance, yeah, but I don't know yeah. if the Cubs are interested in restocking their cupboard with like second with Reese McGuire. <laughs> yeah, like Reese, Reese McGuire isn't really a prospect anymore. Kevin Smith isn't even in our top three prospects at shortstop anymore. Uh, yeah, he's Jordan really Groshans and or Relvis uh, Martinez are, are above yeah. him. And I think both those guys uh were in the top 100 for prospects weren't they or well maybe not Arelvis uh, Arelvis is, but... go, is going to be in there I think once yeah. the once the uh current guys graduate in, in 2021 season yeah. so um but like Grosch Josh Winkowski like... was a guy that I was that I was kind of high on um last last offseason when I was talking about guys who I thought could make an impact with the Blue Jays in the future I had I had him on my list um, he's had some good years for us in the minors. Kind of flies, flies under the radar because he's he's just another right-handed pitcher, right? But he's he's a starting pitcher. He he throws decently hard, uh, and he's had some good numbers in in our lower minors. So I was looking for him as a guy who who could potentially be kind of like a dark horse guy who would kind of shoot up through the rankings and just kind of catch people off guard. But uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting proposal. It's it's a four for one, and two of the guys. Uh, are, we're on our active roster for most of the for most of the last two seasons anyway, in Fisher and McGuire. So it'd be interesting to see those two two more spots freed up on the forty man. So that'd be uh, that'd be something. I just think Reese McGuire needs a fresh. He needs a change of scenery and like a sure fresh does. start somewhere. And yeah. I think if he if he did like it would just be it would be ideal for him. And because I still think he has what it takes to be a a, a major league catcher. It, it's just yes. With everything that's gone on the last two seasons uh, in Toronto for him, it's it, he's got to get out. He's got to get out of town. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, last last couple things here. Uh, Vlad Guerrero is going to be playing for uh, a club in the Dominican Winter League. He's going to be debuting uh, as soon as this week. And just, it's nice for Vlad to get some get some reps in the off season. 
base too. Third base, yeah. So that's interesting. We'll see if he how he plays. And then obviously the last thing is uh, Blue Jays are showing interest in Colton Wong. I'm prepared to make him their top priority among free agent second basemen if DJ LeMahieu returns to the Yankees, as many in the industry expect. And yeah, I know we we were talking about this before. You think the Cardinals made a huge mistake, and I agree with you by by non tendering uh, Colton Wong. So um, yeah, if, if the Blue Jays do go after him, it would make the Bo Bichette shifting to second base conversation irrelevant because Colton Wong is a gold glove second baseman. So Kevin it Biggio would, would be mean, the guy to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> it would situation. also mean that Lindor probably isn't happening because then you're not having to shift. Yeah, I think our current priority list should be um, LeMahieu, Lindor, Wong because I don't know if giving up and what we'd have to give up for Lindor would be worth it unless he signs a long-term extension. I think LeMahieu's probably got three, four, five more years of being a all-star MVP candidate batting yeah. champion candidate right in them and by that time who knows what our roster looks like whereas if you bring in a guy like frankie lindor he's going to command probably a seven or eight year extension and i don't know if we're prepared to do that um considering we have all of these internal candidates like Bo and vlad and cavin and nate pearson and all these other guys who are coming up who are going to need money, money. eventually so yeah it's, it's interesting to say but uh a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of grumblings and groanings in the free agent market right now, but nothing too much happening. Any last thoughts before we drop into our main meat? No, let's get course? right to it. Let, let's get right to it. The entrees are off the table. Let's uh, let's dive let's get right some into dessert. the main course. Yeah. <laughs> um, great in the starting rotation, guys. We've <laughs> waited a couple of weeks to do this. Uh, probably three weeks actually since we last graded our our outfield friends, but. Uh, Looking at the rotation, it should be a pretty easy thing. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys to grade. Um, let's start with the obvious one, Hanjin Ryu. The ace, he finished, what was it, third in Cy Young, right? Am I uh, yeah. right in saying that? Yeah, so third in Cy Young voting his first year with the Blue Jays. Was our big free agent get last offseason. I think he was worth every penny and then some. Um, Ryu was lights out. I mean, he almost struck out 10 batters per nine innings. Great FIP, just over three. 1.9 wins above replacement in 12 starts. We won't talk about his playoff start. Uh, that wasn't great. Um, but I think for his performance this season with the Blue Jays, I've, I've got to give him an A+, plus just because of the fact that he was able to stay healthy and give us a chance to win nearly every time he stepped on the mound. His first start and his last start were his two worst as a Blue Jay. Everything else is pretty lights out. So I'm, I'm giving him an A+. Plus. Uh, yeah, I'm giving him an A. Um, I, the thing that I would have liked to see more out of him uh, was a more successful playoff start. And I know it's not mm-hmm, really fair mm-hmm. for me to, to deduct him for that, but it still happened. Yeah, um, it did. But at the same time, I'm not going to hold it against him very much. I just, I don't want to give him an A+. Plus. Um, but yeah, if we get uh, three additional seasons that look very much like this, I don't really care about how many wins he has. If, if his stats look like this, then yeah. we're going to have chances to win. And, you know, out of those 12 games that he started, we had a legitimate chance to win uh, all but two of them, I think. So what more could you ask for in an ace, really? Um, yeah. I, I, what, what scares me, though, is that as good as Ryu is, the drop-off after Ryu is concerning. 
Yeah, we definitely Very need to, to add some uh, some depth. But let's let's talk about that drop off. Um, oh my gosh, Tanner Roark. I'm not even going to talk about the stats because I don't want to be depressed today. I'm having a great day so far. Um, and I'm literally just going to say, we, we have one more year of this guy. Trade him or not, he's going to be a pitcher for the Blue Jays, I think, this season. He'll be in our fifth spot in our rotation. He'll be giving the ball every fifth day, and we just have to hope that our offense can score seven-plus runs <laughs> in those starts to have a chance to win. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can I give him a G? I'll give him an F. I'll give him an F. F minus. He was F-. the worst pitcher on our staff. One of the worst in baseball. You know, kudos to uh, to Atkins for being very diplomatic about it by saying uh, he will be a part of the staff next season. Uh, if it were me, I would I would I would scuttle this. Uh, <laughs> it was a bad contract. In hindsight, it's a bad contract signing. We didn't know it at the time. If we had gotten two years of standard issue Tanner Rourke, which would have been <laughs> uh, an ERA and a FIP around four and you know, a lower walk rate and him not serving up home runs, you know. Could I just point out that Tanner Rorick pitched in 10 games and averaged three and a third innings per start? It's bad. It's a bad, it it was a bad year. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why he's being given a second chance, but, you know, mm. they signed that deal and now they're just going to bite the bullet, I guess. And I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what his next year will look like. I'm not even convinced he'll be a starter, but. Because I think he'll still log innings, and I think we're moving past that point where you expect your starter to go six strong. MLB is yeah. changing. Uh, Toronto and Tampa were huge proponents of it this year. So, you know, three innings of Tanner Rourke here and there, you know, maybe he can hold on long enough to make his stats look deceptively strong. Uh, <laughs> and then maybe he's a trade piece of the deadline, depending on how we're doing. But this... 2020 was a disaster for Rourke. He knows it. Everyone knows it. Um, let's just yeah. give him an F and move on. Yeah, I have to correct myself. Yeah. It was actually four and a third innings. I was looking at Chase Anderson's numbers, who was oh. three and a third innings per game. Yeah, um, it just gets it just gets worse. Yeah, if you look at Chase Anderson, you look at three different categories. Look at his K's, his walks, and his xFIP. xFIP was 409, not bad. Walks per nine innings, two two and uh, two and two two and three uh, two thirds. Sorry. And over 10 strikeouts for nine innings. If you looked at those three numbers, you'd think Chase Anderson probably had a pretty great year. But his ERA was over seven because he was giving up almost three home runs per nine innings. Chase Anderson's problem was not giving up a ton of hits. It was that every hit he gave up was a home run, basically. Um, He pitched to a negative .1 war, which was a little bit better than uh, our friend Tanner Roark. I will say that Chase Anderson is interesting if we decided to give another chance, just like Tanner Roark. Um, but I'm still giving him an F. Maybe I'll give him a, I'll give him a D minus just so he's a little bit better than Tanner Roark, but that's that's all I can say. D minus. Uh I'm giving him an F. He gave up eleven home runs and ten appearances. Yeah. Um he, he's one of the guys who's a victim of the three absolute outcomes of a of a, <laughs> a plate appearance when he wasn't striking someone out he was walking them and when he wasn't walking them he was giving up a home run mm-hmm. and you can't win baseball games if you're walk putting guys on base giving up a hit 
and then giving up a home run you're at that point you're 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 toast so yeah i i think he just he he had a disastrous year it's only 33 innings so again everything that we have to look at we're talking about extremely limited uh, innings here but if the season had gone on further than what it did i'm not convinced we would have made the playoffs right because we just had so many pitchers who were giving up two and a half or more home runs per nine innings and chase anderson was definitely tops on the list of offenders for it and yeah he wear that f with a like a badge of honor chase anderson because you're one of several who are getting f's today what do you have for Matt Shoemaker? Um, uh, this is hard because, like, I don't, I don't want to give him an F, but he kind of deserves one. Again, a very high home run rate. His walk rate wasn't terrible. We're getting to a point now where if your walk rate per nine is below three, you're okay, which is wild because two or three years ago, we would have been waxing poetical about how that's bad. Mm-hmm. But this is just where baseball is at now in 2020, moving into 2021. I don't think Matt Shoemaker had a great year. I think the the thing that's disturbing, I think, is the fact that his home run rate skyrocketed. So just like Chase Anderson, Tanner Rourke, and Robbie Ray, they're doing very little to to stop the bleeding on the mound. And yeah, our our offense was amazing this year. And there were a lot of great grades for it, but we still lost 28 out of 60 games. And somewhere the bill comes due, and and Matt Shoemaker is just another one of those guys who, you know, logged starts for us and just was disappointing. So, I I don't know. Initially, I wrote down a D, but I I don't think he deserves that either. So, I'm going to say, like, like a hair away from passing. So, like an F+. (laughs) He would. He was like one point away from passing. If he had given up like one less home run, he would have passed. Yeah. Can we can we talk a little bit about? I know we mentioned that um, we we weren't going to give Ryu's grade a hit because of his playoff start, but Matt Shoemaker was great in his one playoff start, and it was the fact that he had just come off of an injury as well too to pitch in yeah, that game. Yeah, and and he got pulled too. Okay, I changed my mind. He does deserve a pass because you're right about the playoff performance. Like, we'll give him a D for for the year, including the playoff start. Um, he shouldn't have been pulled from that. It was an analytic mistake, but you know we probably weren't going to win that game anyway. If we're being honest with ourselves. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just the way it is. I would. Uh, I would agree with you um (laughs) but yeah i think shoemaker deserves better than an f i'm giving him a d plus Hmm. mostly for that one playoff start um as well as the fact that i just like matt shoemaker but anyway (laughs) taiwan walker this is your boy patrick i'll let you take the lead on this one what do you think about taiwan walker you know what after uh doing some soul searching uh, walking the earth for a long time and thinking about this one. <laughs> I, I'm, I, my perspective on Taiwan Walker and re-signing him has changed in the last month and a half. Um, very gradually, though, leading up to a point where I say I'm fine with letting him walk. Interesting. Um, 
his numbers are a bit, bit deceptive. Uh, he beat the FIP projection by almost two runs, yeah. which is kind of impressive. He he's a bit of an that's escape a, artist. That's a in that big sense. margin. It is, yeah. Um, I'm pleased with his K rate. Um, obviously, if you have an ERA of 2.70, you're a good starter. Uh, his walk rate was very high. His home run rate was higher than what I would like for it to be. Um, any the, the issue that I have with Taiwan Walker uh, is that I think he's going to command more uh, more money than what he deserves because he had a deceptively strong back end of his season when he got traded. Uh, and one other thing that I'll say too is a, in a full season in the AL East. He's a fly ball pitcher, and if he's giving up lots of walks and he's a fly ball pitcher, you're just flirting with disaster because when you face that Yankee lineup, you can't walk guys because there's at least four four or five guys who can hit 30 to 40 home runs and they have the power. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're built they're built to to drive balls out of Yankee Stadium and you know, we don't have the benefit necessarily. We can't count on the benefits of the home field advantage. Uh, in 2020 or 2021, because, you know, we probably won't end up playing in Toronto uh, both seasons. He gets a B- minus for his full season. Uh, a B-plus as a J, though, because he was actually quite good as a J. The mm-hmm. thing is, there's just, there are so many factors when it comes to what he does as a pitcher that make me think that he had a deceptively strong season and i don't know if it's worth investing the money in bringing him back as our number two starter because that's pretty much what he would slot into right now and yeah yeah, like i just think he's an average pitcher who had an above average season and as excited as i was to acquire him and he did great as jay the, the the more i looked at the numbers the more i thought well i mean i think we could do better fair enough yeah yeah i'm gonna give him a c um, I too was I was I was unimpressed by the amount of walks that he gave up as a member of the Jays. Uh, it was yeah. uncharacteristic for him. We can say small sample size if we want to, but I'm I'm giving him a C. Just and I'll leave it at that. You covered really everything I wanted to say, uh, and I'm I'm in the yeah. same boat as you. If if we do bring him back, won't be heartbroken. If we don't, I won't be heartbroken either. So, yeah. Um, next guy is a bit bittersweet to talk about Nate Pearson. Um electric stuff obviously has a great future in baseball uh but it didn't get off to a good start for him obviously he 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 got hurt um yeah it was it was a shame i mean i i think we're i think we're both gonna give him incompletes just because it was 18 innings over five games for a guy who had like what less than 20 innings of triple a baseball so uh yeah i don't think we can say too much about nate um other than the fact that I don't know if we'll see him begin the season in the Blue Jays rotation. He may have to start in Buffalo, assuming the Blue Jays aren't playing there. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with baseball, but uh, yeah, what do you what do you think about Nate? Anything anything to add? Here's the thing: the reason why Nate Pearson got to pitch in MLB this season is because there was no minor league season, and they did not want him not pitching maximum capacity, maximum level competition. Yeah, and for him to spend the entire season. Uh, in Rochester with the rest of the the minor league players doing all the simulated games. God, that must have been, I feel for all those minor leaguers who were stuck in Rochester all year because it's got to be hard. You're there, you're work, you're doing, you're trying to simulate a season, but like your heart's 
probably not in it and it there's no stats there's nothing recorded it's just a wasted year of your life yeah yeah and no public they stats wanna, anyway yeah nate was a top 10 prospect in baseball uh at the beginning of the season really um i would probably i would argue pretty fiercely for that uh for that top 10 position mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. he didn't deliver because he he's not ready he sh- if we had had a full season uh, and there was a full minor league season. Nate might have gotten a taste, maybe in August, if the team was performing poorly. Yeah. But because of what the way the season was, he got those starts. He got a chance to face MLB pitching, and while he had flash flashes of brilliance, he clearly needs more seasoning. He's not ready yet. Um, an, a year in AAA would do him good, and maybe he ends up being an August call up because he is ready. Because I don't think you can skip AAA and just go right into MLB. It's not a lot of pitchers can do it. And uh, that's just not the way baseball is now in, in 2020. So, you know, in, he deserves an incomplete because, like, I don't want to I don't want to give the guy an F for, for what we saw. It's not fair. It's, it's not fair. No. Uh, next guy as well had some good moments and some not so good moments. Robbie Ray. Obviously, he can strike out guys like like almost nobody in baseball. He's a very good strikeout pitcher. Very, very good at striking out people. But he doesn't do much else outside of that really well lately. The ground ball rate is really low. The walk rate is almost eight per innings. Almost a walk per inning, Patrick. And oh the home runs are over or two and a quarter per nine innings as well, too. So, yeah. man, this is one of those guys that if you could just get him to throw strikes... It's obvious that guys have a hard time hitting his stuff, but he's not giving them enough to swing at. Um, it's 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 frustrating to see guys like this because they have so much potential to be to be elite. And Robbie Ray did have a couple of great seasons with Arizona, uh, but that was that was a while ago. That was that like, like like us trying to re-sign Aaron Sanchez because he had one good year. We talked about that a lot of how Aaron Sanchez was so good for one year, but even a broken clock is right twice a day, as I always have to say about our old friend, Kevin Pillar. Um, <laughs> but it's like Robbie Ray's frustrating to me because I, I want him to do so well. Uh, I've been a fan of this for a while. I love left-handed pitchers. I love guys who throw hard. Just one of those guys who just can't figure it out. I, I've got to give him an F just because of, of everything outside of the strikeouts. I, I can't give him something more than that just because of, of one number. It's an F for me. Yeah, it's an F. Um, it, the, the numbers that were pulled, we're looking at his whole season because just because if we start dicing things up, it's going to be impossible for us to grade anybody. Yeah. Um, so with both Walker and Ray, I opted to pull all the numbers. Two of his, star- two of his five starts in Toronto were really bad. Three were good or stabilizing. Um, his walk rate didn't really settle down in Toronto. He had a couple no. of fl- flashes of normal Robbie Ray, but his control's just all over the place. Yeah. he. I kind of want to give him like a D minus where it's like one hair above a fail, but I don't know. I Let's just put it this way. Our, our rotation is not making the honor roll. <laughs> no. That's There's the a lot like, of, outside of, outside guys, of Ryu, and I think who else? I gave somebody a C. Uh, Shoemaker, maybe? I can't even well, remember. Ta- I Taiwan Walker. Oh, Taiwan Walker gave a b yeah. but he's gone and chase yeah. anderson is gone Gosh. and 
Matt Shoemaker's probably gone, and Robbie Ray is the and Tanner Rourke are the ones sticking around, and they both yeah. are getting Fs. So like it's kind of. Yeah. I just don't think. I obviously we 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 need some starter help. Yeah, and we're focusing a lot on Springer and these other offensive guys when in reality our, our top priority should be our pitching staff. We've got Hunjin Ryu, who in some points needs an extra day of rest to to be effective. We've got Nate Pearson, who has pitched a total of like 30 innings above double-A. Uh, we've got Robbie Ray, who walks a batter every inning. And we've got Tanner Rowark, who can't keep the ball in the ballpark. Um I'm not feeling confident that we can win more than one of those games every time through, and that would be Hunjin Ryu's starts. And and if they decide to let Nate Pearson start, we just don't really know how he's going to perform over over a extended season because he just doesn't have the innings and the the endurance on his arm to, to in my opinion, last more than like three months before they have to shut him down for innings limits if he's pitching well. Even it's like it's it's interesting to see us focusing so much on offense when. In reality, that was one of the better parts of our team, right? We had a pretty good offense. Um, our outfield led the American League in wins above replacement. Like, there's there's some things to be proud of with the 2020 Blue Jays offensively. And the bullpen showed flashes. If Jordan Romano can be healthy and show what showcase what he can do, it would be great. Um, if Ryan Barucki stays in the bullpen and pitches well, if they convert some of these other guys like Anthony Kay or uh, Julian Merriweather... Or Jake Wagus pack into bullpen arms. Like there's potential there. But the starting rotation is just it's a it's hollow. There's nothing there. It's like biting into an apple that has no center. It's just it's it's broken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my rambling, but it's 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 interesting that we're focusing so much time on areas of our team that don't need huge improvements. We yeah, we've got a problem in that yeah, our rotation right now is in shambles. I think it's easy. It's there are a lot more quality starting pitchers available than there are outfielders, and that's why there is so much competition and chatter to try to pick up other uh, these other players. So I, on one hand, I do agree with you. Like we should be throwing crazy amounts of money at pitching right now. Um, at the same time, runs win you baseball games, so we kind of. We yeah, but keep a... keeping keeping runs from scoring wins you baseball games too. You're right. Yes, it's I don't know. It's kind of mixed. It's weird. It's a balancing to see that act. Much, it's weird to see that much chatter happening, um, around with for the Jays yeah. centered around hitting when pitching yeah. is clearly a big need. I mean, look at how many Fs we gave out. One, <sighs> two, three, four. We More gave out four Fs out of seven guys. Like, yeah. Who else is there? Who like? There's not really anything else. There weren't a lot of guys I didn't include who who logged starts for us. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't bother with Merriweather or Hatch be, because they were openers. So like, and nobody had any quality starts outside of Quanjin Ryu, who had one quality start over six innings at the end of the season. If this happens again in 2021. We're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way we're going to make the playoffs with with this rotation. And Nate Pearson clearly isn't ready. So, like, what are we going to do? We have to sign at least two or three starting pitchers, and we're, there's no talk about that. So give me some of that Zach Wheeler. 
yeah, something's got to give. But yeah. <laughs> I think that's really all we have to talk about today. Um, it's it's it shows why we waited so long to do this episode because it just it wasn't going to be fun. Um, yeah. We talk about how bad our rotation was when we look back on it. I mean, yeah, we we made playoffs. We played two games. Uh, in a normal season, we would not have made the playoffs because we were the eighth seed in the American League. But valuable experience. Good to see the Jays play something outside of a regular season and hopefully a, a preview of things to come in the next few years. But with that being said, uh, we'll wrap things up there. Again, follow us on Twitter at BFMB Podcast. Listen to us wherever you can. Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts will be the big ones. Leave us reviews. Send us questions if you got them. We're always happy to uh, take questions from our fans and answer them on the show. Uh, for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, saying see you next time.